0: Um, I guess for weed, he wanted somewhere where he could put his joint down right. and like let it burn, but not fall into the ashtray. So he developed this idea, but it was wonky at first. You know, like it uh-huh. was it, like a kid made it. Now he's kind of good with a pottery wheel, and he's making ashtrays and what else does he make that I'm thinking about? Like little ashtrays ashtrays, (laughs) like and then he makes ashtrays well you You know know he's smart he's the one person who really you know he probably misses ashtrays ashtrays used to be a big part of decorating yeah on every coffee table you used to find an ashtray man now it's like now it's like nobody has an ashtray well i think that's what happened um you know he was basically like hey i'm still into smoking Where's my <laughs> ashtray? And and why haven't they innovated on the ashtray? I got to start making my own ashtray. Yeah, that's really, yeah. well, hey, is this Seth ready, Gary? He is ready. Cool. Bring him in. I mean, zoom him in or something. Let me talk to that man. Look at you. Hey. What up? What up, man? How you been? Hey, we were just talking. You know, I follow you on Instagram. Oh, yeah. And I was telling Robin that like this whole making ceramics, cause that's pretty much your Instagram now. Like you're like way into pottery, (laughs) It really is. I mean, like I I follow you and I said, I'm yeah. And I made the observation that what started out as I think as like a goof kind of like, and I understood where it was starting out from. Like you needed an ashtray that appeared to me. You needed an ashtray that somehow held your joint when -hmm. you weren't holding it physically. Yes. And so you like really said, I'm going to invent my own ashtray because we know the ashtray industry has been decimated because no one's <laughs> smoking anymore. It's like cigarettes.
1: No, I, I'm trying to breathe new life into, into big ashtray.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and at first I, I said it was like a little kid making ashtrays, like in mm-hmm. the ceramics class. And now you've become almost like a, an artisan. I mean, you're, you're, you're pretty good at it. I, I'm going to give you a lot good. of props. Yeah. Here's what, here's what i mean. Oh, there it is. Oh, look at that! that.
1: That's one, right? The joint goes there.
0: That's (laughs) complicated. Hey, look at that! Wow! Wow! So, Seth, Seth, you've just showed us a very unusual design for an ashtray. But in other words, do you to draw these out first? How do you develop the ashtrays?
1: No, I, I just, I just do it. I have, a, I mean, it did come from just an insane, uh, realization one day that I probably interact with an ashtray more than almost any object in my entire house, um, because I'm smoking weed all day, you know? And so, yeah, it was very much like, I wish I it was it was born from like twenty little desire. I wish I I wish I could put joints in it. If I walked by, the ash wouldn't blow anywhere. I wish I could carry it around like a little cup, kind of, you know. um, There was just a lot of things that uh, I wish I could. It could hold one joint perfectly, like it was like a little bed, kind of presenting it to you. And so I like
0: that you don't even
1: have to look at the ashes. No, they're in the bottom.
0: That's right. (laughs) I mean, in a sense. you know, all joking aside, you've gotten quite good at it. Are you selling these ashtrays, or are they just strictly for your own use?
1: They're currently for my own use. I've given some away to people, uh, to to friends and stuff like that. Uh, but, but yeah, I have not, I've I've not sold them yet. Maybe one day uh, we will. I will sell these ashtrays and some. Are sure you feeling partner. pretty good about your progress? I am feeling pretty good about my progress. Yeah, I'm as you better. should. I, I mean, Thank I you. look at
0: I look at the uh, ashtrays and I go, you know, this guy's getting pretty fucking good. I mean, all joking aside, I mean, they're they no longer look wobbly or no. uh, like 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 that weird kind of uh, not perfect. They don't look professional. These look professional, and you Thanks. know, and, and and you were saying during quarantine, you were concerned you couldn't get the clay for your <laughs> ashtrays. It's true. I made an illegal
1: clay purchase. Did you? I did. <laughs> did you have to go mean, to
0: the underground market?
1: <laughs> I went I went to the back I we made, I literally me, we me and Lauren literally made a backdoor clay purchase from a pottery <laughs> studio. <laughs> Why would that be considered illegal? Because at the time it was not an essential business and it wasn't open, but they opened to sell clay to some people basically literally like out of the back of their store, um, which was, it it felt very illicit for some reason for, for I, wet dirt. But
0: <laughs> have you gone as far as uh, patenting the, the design of these because I've never seen these kind of ashtrays. The, the innovation seems to be the, the, the roach or the, or the joint is like laying on a bed, Uh that uh, allows the joint to burn, but you don't have to physically hold it. It doesn't fall into the ashtray. It seems to me that this is something maybe you should patent.
1: We, I've uh, I've looked into it, and it might be be possible. I don't know if it's pending yet, but it's something that we've – I've seen patents for other things that seem more – simple than this, But so I think, uh, yeah, no, we've, I've, me and my team have looked into patenting. The design <laughs> is
0: brilliant because when I was young, Thank you. I was a cigarette smoker and I had this ashtray I that I too. loved. Yeah. And I loved my big ashtray and what it had was it had cutouts along yeah. the rim of it where I could put the cigarette in. The problem with joints is the joint is not rolled as well as a cigarette sometimes. And the so the, 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 the the joint will fall through into the ashtray. What you've developed uh, is a, as a lip. It holds it. It holds it. That, it's it holds it. it's yeah, actually it's good. A bed. It's a little bit for the
1: joint. It's crazy. <laughs> a lot, think how much weed I must have smoked in order to come up with that. It's like a lot of hours <laughs> went, into, <laughs> went into that realization. Yeah, Are you smoking
0: was- more weed during the quarantine?
1: um i'm probably a little just because i'm like moving around less in general there are, there was some moments of my day before where i couldn't just but you know due to the fact i was doing other things but now i'm not doing much so it's become easier for sure
0: does your wife bust your balls about smoking weed so much i i would imagine you know not at
1: all she smokes just as much weed oh she does as I,
0: yes oh, she so does, it's yes. not a mixed marriage
1: no, <laughs> I honestly, I don't, she used to, she didn't smoke as much weed when we first were together and she maybe, she did like bust my balls, but there was some just like inquiries, like you really have to smoke that much weed all the time? And now... Now she smokes weed all the time. And if anything, during quarantine, that's like one of our biggest conflicts is that she steals the joint. I'll roll a joint and, and she'll steal it from me and start smoking <laughs> it on the other side of the house. But.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's got to be a great thrill to you that even during quarantine, California declared weed uh, an essential service and they are open for business. So you're able to get your supply, I guess. It's amazing,
1: and it shows how far weed has come, uh, and it's, it shows how silly it is that it's illegal in some states still when it is literally an essential business in the states where it is
0: legal. <laughs> it's so crazy. In fact, you know what? Uh, I was going to tell you this. So since you were on our show in uh, L.A., and you turned J.D. onto weed, it was the first time you smoked. And that was, like, such a success, and people loved it, and you were there with Snoop Dogg, and that was so much fun. But J.D. has since started, he's now doing edibles. He's now smoking weed on a regular basis. Like, you're really the guy who got him into it. And J.D. wanted to smoke a joint with you over Zoom. And guess what? You can't even do that because the laws in New York, it's still illegal here in New York. And so if you smoke over Zoom, Zoom might give you some shit, you know. But like you never thought of that. But you can smoke because you're in California. And Zoom would not have a problem with that. No, so. I've I've smoked a lot of weed on
1: Zoom throughout my <laughs> residency here.
0: Are you, in fact, smoking weed during this very important interview promoting your new movie?
1: Uh, I'm not. I'm literally still it's it's 605 a.m. here and I'm finishing my my first cup of coffee. <laughs> so give me give me maybe 20 minutes and I'll be there. But I I got to I got to shake the cobwebs off of it. <laughs>
0: And the, and, the, and the coffee cup looks amazingly like uh, the pottery you make with your ashtrays. So, so my wife uh, made
1: this actually. Yeah, it's uh, oh, yeah, very it, nice. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. You're completely self sufficient when it comes to exactly.
1: I'm receptively self sufficient.
0: See, I'm shocked to learn that you actually take twenty minutes. But you've just woken up, that you take. I don't know if
1: if I wasn't if on days I'm not doing like national uh, interviews, then then maybe it's a little less of a window. But in this you, this morning,
0: <laughs> Seth, do you ever say to yourself like maybe I should make some other things besides ashtrays? Because uh, you know, in a way, it can get old after a while. I mean, I've made
1: some other stuff. I've made vases. I've made. I've seen uh, the vases.
0: Yeah. I made some soap
1: dispensers. I've made right. some uh, pots for flowers and sh- there's only so much shit you can make out of pottery. I'm trying to make, I'm trying to make all that shit. <laughs> if you have any suggestions, I'm, I'm more than happy to do it. Do you, you want a palette? Get, I-
0: yes. Yes. In fact, it's funny you say that I wanted a special palette, a ceramic yeah. palette and I designed the whole thing for when I paint. Yeah. And it's, I could not find anyone to make it the proper weight and the proper handle. And I Ooh. actually uh, had to find a, a, a person, because in our country, a lot of stuff isn't made right here. I yeah. had to go overseas and send my design to somebody, and they actually made it for me. You outsourced uh, it. I outsourced it. You could, I couldn't find a ceramic guy who could figure out how to make the right palette for me. And where, right where
1: did they make it ultimately?
0: I'm trying to remember where it was. It was weird. It was like, you know, <laughs> I, I don't even remember. But it, it, ultimately, no guy who does ceramics could make the palette I wanted.
1: <laughs> I could send me your specs. I would have given it a try. I
0: I, I should have. I at that time you weren't into it uh, at okay. that point. So so let me understand how you're doing. We were playing kind of a guessing game with you because um I think you're such a chill guy. I think that you're so relaxed about life. That's why you don't get paranoid on weed, that's why you can work and and do weed, you can make movies and do weed. I mean I think you're one of the most sort of chill guys I've ever met in terms of just being relaxed about life. And I would imagine, again, I'm just imagining Seth Rogen at home. Yes. That quarantine is a no effort for you because you don't need a lot of people. You've no. got your pottery. You are mm-hmm. a writer. You can write movies and things. Yes. And you and your wife, I don't th- I-, I don't think you guys have kids as far as I know you don't. So. No, we do not. There's not a lot of stress. I think you no. might be having a party during this whole situation. <laughs> it's been—I uh, feel fortunate in, in this time, and
1: I, <laughs> I, I'm in no position to complain in any way, shape, or form. And I'm very aware of that. Um, yeah, it's even. Yeah, I mean, compared to my friends with kids, my life is much easier. Compared to people I know who cannot work from home and who's who are not working. Uh, I know a lot of people who've lost their jobs. I know people who have had to move out of Los Angeles. I mean, yeah, my my situation is a breeze and I, I have nothing nothing to whine about for once. Um no, it's been uh yeah, I mean it's I mean it's it's the world is is crazy out there, but um it's even more it makes it even more comfortable to lock myself in the house and never leave. <laughs> so, By the way,
0: but, yeah. I'm looking at this room you're in. Is that the room where you actually make the pottery? No, this is like a writing uh this is
1: where I write. My I, I make pottery in, in my garage. <laughs>
0: You know what I was imagining? Do you ever, cause I know your wife is quite attractive. Do you ever reenact that scene from Ghost where Patrick Swayze goes behind <laughs> Emmy Moore? And, We've
1: kind uh, of done it a little. We found ourselves doing it a little bit. What's funny is I for sure have noticed that the only two pop cultural references for pottery in the world is Ghost and Me. And that's it, <laughs> <laughs> which which is a weird, it's a weird category. Of, it's the only other thing I share with the film Ghost, so I guess it's a good thing. <laughs> I love that movie growing up, but it is funny because, like, oh, it's like that's it—that's the only other time pottery was famous. You know what I realized
0: in your new <laughs> movie—it
1: went to sleep for thirty years and then I. Yeah, came along. but I realized
0: in your new movie, I mean, I think you were attracted to this movie because you admire people who work with their hands and people. It, it, really, I mean, because that's why I think you're attracted to pottery, and in this movie, you play this uh, Polish Jew who is from, like, 1920, and yep. he's a grave digger. And I think one of the funniest scenes is every time you dig ditch, a grave. Digger. Just a
1: digger in general. <laughs> a digger. You dig stuff.
0: And I love that every time you dig, the shovel breaks. Like, you don't yes. even have good tools. I I, I no. just find that hysterically funny, that every scene t- your shovel breaks when you're digging. Uh,
1: yeah, it's... Um... You know, we are from, uh, you know, whereas I do very little with my hands, our ancestors did a lot with their hands. My grandfather was a very rough, rugged man, you know, and I think that's one of the things that was really fascinating to me was kind of how different I am from what my grandparents and great-grandparents probably hoped and expected the family to be like it how even though I am a successful person by a lot of you know stretches of the imagination I would probably be a total failure um in their eyes in in many 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 ways and that is really what was fascinating about the movie was kind of like what if me and my great my my grandfather were the same age um He would probably hate my guts, you know, Um, he he tolerated me as an old man. So when we were (laughs) if we were both in our mid 30s, I think we would would not have got along. And that is really kind of a thing that's highly relatable. And I think it was really a lot of the idea of where the movie came from. Yeah,
0: This movie is uh, fucking crazy because Seth, uh, (laughs) he's in the 1920s and he's working in a pickle factory. And it's really funny because his whole job in the pickle factory is to kill mice. Yes,
1: yes um, the yes. I, I to catch them. He, like he he's, the,
0: he's the mouse hunter. Yeah, and what's so great about it is the mice chase him into the pickle vat and he, <laughs> <laughs> I love that the mice win and they they actually they kill me. you. They so <laughs> get me.
1: back then. Yeah, remind me of they that were, movie. They scary mice.
0: <laughs> Remember that movie Ben when the mice like uh start like form Isn't that the movie where That's the mice the army? Yeah, the uh, yeah, they, army of my, Ben. And all of a sudden, um, Seth Rogen's there and uh, the, yep. the mice turn on him and actually chase him into a pickle <laughs> vat. And yes. he uh, and he kind of gets pickled and then he wakes up 100 years later. And it's really fun. It is a funny premise because it's like, well, what if you met your great, great, great grandfather? He'd probably think you were an asshole because you couldn't do anything with your hands. And, you know, you, yeah. you didn't know how to dig ditches and all that kind or of shit. Fight.
1: The guy can fight. Yeah. He can fight. And yeah, and I think that's something that like I also really relate to is like, like in the movie, like all, the only thing that's impressive to Herschel is that his great grandson has access to sparkling water. Like that to him is like the (laughs) pinnacle of success. And what he doesn't get is, I mean, today. You know, sparkling water is not that hard to come by. And the things that actually are hard to come by today are completely unimpressive to Herschel. And my grandparents were exactly like that. Like, they were, you know, I think they they were not that impressed that I was going on to star in movies. But I had, like, a lot of napkins. And I had, like, a lot of, like, things like that really impressed. And it's like, oh, you got a whole closet full of paper towel. Like, wow, that's amazing. And, like, that's the stuff that they would talk about. And It's again, so true. It's, it, So it's that it's like you don't lose the depression era mentality, I think, also. And like the things that were elusive in that time will always be what you were looking for. And and these other things, you know, kind of success in a field that you don't quite understand are not impressive um, if you don't have a lot of napkins in your drawer.
0: Yeah, it's such a great observation because I know like my grandparents, like like having like like you could just imagine a guy in Poland, a peasant. 1920 or something and being you know just experiencing drinking seltzer you yeah. know bubbly water would be a big deal to them and that's you know that's the whole currency having seltzer like wow you have seltzer it's just unbelievable and and you know i i think it's kind of weird too like you're yeah, i find a lot of jews are ashamed of being jewish and this film yeah. is very Jewish. You play, you know, uh, uh, two Jewish characters who, um, you know. Yeah,
1: I'd say it's one of the most outwardly Jewish uh, films ever made, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's very Jewish. It's about, you know, um, Jewish identity. And it's about, you know, uh, Jewish, you know, um, having Jewish DNA. It's about being inseparable from your judaism even if you do not relate to it at times it's about uh i mean all these things are themes that you know i've grown up thinking about my whole life and and how we are to many people in the world and to our our ancestors especially like being jewish was like your entire identity like it wasn't like one of several things about you you know um and we're very lucky to have it be something, you know, one of many things about us, you know? Um, And I think that's also something that Jews who don't have that have a hard, you know, it's, it's difficult to reconcile that, like what a luxury Judaism can be to us. That's like, Oh, it's just like a thing. One of many aspects of our personality. Whereas like my grandmother, you know, was born in the back of a caravan fleeing Eastern Europe because she was Jewish. So I think all that is, those are the things, yeah, that are just, were super fascinating to me. Yeah, I got to tell it.
0: I, I, I love that uh, you talk about uh, the Cossacks. My, growing up, my father every minute would go, the fucking, he'd go, those Cossacks, they were horrible people. They, they were raped and killed everyone, the Cossacks. And I'm like, I don't think anyone in their I'm house the is Cossacks, hearing about, yeah. exactly. No <laughs> one's hearing about the Cossacks except my father, because my father was completely obsessed that, you know. Uh, every Jew at that point was being wiped out by Cossacks, and I was like, "Who the fuck are these Cossacks? I hope they don't come from me. This is really." <laughs> hey, me too. Up. I
1: was afraid of the Cossacks. Also, we we portrayed the Cossacks. Um, oh my god, yeah, it's great!
0: <laughs> it's and so it's, and it's funny when like you're standing there and the Cossacks wipe out your town. Yep. Uh, it, uh it's a crazy a movie.
1: It's, <laughs> it's really crazy, crazy. crazy. It's yes. a crazy
0: fucking wild movie. It really is. Now, <laughs> I was a... impressed with your acting. I I'm gonna tell <laughs> you something.
1: You. you played two roles.
0: Well, mm-hmm. you know that movie um that Lindsay Lohan did when she was a kid and she <laughs> played trap. the twins. Bear <laughs> Trap. <laughs> yes. Uh Parent Trap, Parent the Trap. Parent Trap, Not Bear Trap. Yeah. <laughs> so so in Parent Trap, Lindsay Lohan plays two little girls, twins. Yes. In this movie, Seth, and really Seth's the old movie, it's a movie about his great-great-great-grandfather and the, and the grandson, and he plays both guys. But your accent as a Polish immigrant, is pretty fucking good. I mean, you didn't overact there. I mean, you, you, what did you do? Did you study uh, some kind of Polish accent, or how would you get that um. down?
1: Yeah, I uh, listen to kind of Eastern European, you know, Lithuanian, Polish, Ukrainian, Russian, Jewish accents from the turn of the century. There's lots of recordings. Um, and did you work with a coach? I worked with a coach, yeah. Uh, throughout the first chunk of the movie, to kind of—I mean, it is—it's it, not. I mean, it's somewhat of like a fictionalized accent, it, it, and that was mostly what I was trying. I, it was just like, it just has to sound right coming out of my mouth. It can it, it just can't sound distracting for when I talk. And it was something I was honestly very worried about, and something that oh, playing to both the roles overall was something that it literally took me years to decide whether or not it was a good idea because, like, cinematically, there's, like, a pretty dodgy <laughs> history of actors playing both roles. And comedically, there's, like, a dodgy history of actors doing, like, accents, basically. And it was two things. I was, like, pretty, you know, I just didn't want to, like, waltz into it wantonly, I guess. And uh, so, uh, you know, I, or just without really considering whether or not it would be additive for the movie. But I decided... Again, I think the idea that made me think it was a good idea was this idea that is a theme in the movie that just like you are your ancestors, whether you like it or not. And I think for the character, especially a theme in the movie is like he is a Jewish person, whether he likes it or not. And nothing represents that more than than being face to face with someone who looks exactly like you, who believes these things that you don't necessarily relate to, but you can just see are a part of you, you know.
0: So these guys come to you with a script. Because this was based on a book, right?
1: A short Uh, story, yeah.
0: Short story. And these guys come to you with a script about some dude who falls into a pickle vat and then wakes up a hundred years later. Is your first reaction like, oh, fuck yourselves. I got a pretty good career going. I'm not going to, I'm not going to screw this up with your dumb idea. Uh, Or did you immediately think this is brilliant?
1: Anyone who anyone who's seen my movies know I'm more than happy to try to screw everything up with the dumb idea. So, um, uh, by the way, I
0: speaking of, yeah. Seth, speaking of your movies, this is I don't yeah. want to jinx you here, but the last the, 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 there was a movie that was um, you made about North Korea. Yes, that was not allowed to go into theaters for various reasons, yeah. and now you've come up with this movie. Uh, and now this can't go in the movie theaters because of COVID nineteen. What are you releasing it on? Are you releasing it on? Uh, what it's on they? HBO Max. Yeah, I'm watching HBO Max. They got some good it's programming good. on there. Yeah, I it's really good. Actually,
1: been enjoying HBO Max as well. Yeah. Um, are you watching yeah. Love Life? i have not. No, I've been watching I May Destroy You on HBO Max. Which oh, is okay. Good. Um, but I you,
0: but that. but 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 look what's happening in your career. Every time you're ready for theatrical release. It's supposed to be a movie theater, so it ends up on, on on TV. It's okay, I could live with that. Uh, you don't care? Yeah, I, I don't care that much. Uh, Does it I, affect I, I your back
1: like end? Mm, probably, maybe a little, yeah. But it's not something that uh, for this movie, especially like. The studio was pretty honest early on. Like we may have slightly misled them into thinking we were making a maybe more kind of silly commercial version of this film. And we really made a movie that we tried to make a movie that was thoughtful and very emotionally driven and, and really is about like grief a lot. And, and the first time they saw it, they were like, we love this movie. There's no way we can release this. Um, in
0: other words, the movie, the movie studio was saying, This is a movie about Jews. And uh, by the way, do you know how many Jews there are in the world? How many Jews are there in the world? I actually looked this up the other day because I was thinking about it. Somebody was screaming about how Jews are controlling the media and Jews control this. And I'm, listen, growing up where I grew up, I didn't see any evidence that you get handed anything except a lot of grief of being jewish you know what i mean i I remember taking many beatings over it so i was like where do you get handed these things there's i don't know how many people how many billions of people are in the world how many seven uh, like seven billion people there's 14 million jews there you go that's it that's it so did the the studio say to you who the fuck is the audience for this movie (laughs) <laughs> Who is the audience for this? Movie?
1: Jews, Jews. Um, no, I think it expand. The director was not a, is not a Jewish person. I think it does expand beyond. I think it is about. I think everyone has ancestors, and everyone can't help but think, "What would they think of me?" And I think that was something that is the more universal, universal theme of the idea. Is I think everyone has that picture of, you know, their grandfather, their great grandfather, grandmother, great grandmother. When they are their same age As they are now And they can't help but think What would it be like If we knew each other At the same age You know I would right. picture my Grandfather When he was in the Navy In his mid-twenties And every time I look at it I think If he knew me While well, we were both In our mid-twenties He would have beaten The living shit out of me <laughs> like <laughs> He'd smack you right I, in the I, head I, I would have been The most <laughs> annoying Motherfucker to him On Earth like, And What's with all this <laughs> weed And making ashtrays yeah, What's the matter You fucking a, I'm, asshole I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. yeah Go yeah. fight I'm, the Nazis You fucking <laughs> Piece of shit! <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> hate your guts. It's so true. That's why I love
0: the movie because it is true. Like you know, our, our great grandparents would probably hate us. Uh, yeah, they no would be
1: very. What they liked about us would be hard to predict, and and <laughs> I think and what they didn't like about us, and also we would probably find some things objectional about them, which is also a part of the movie. You know, like my grandparents were very, you know, racist in a lot of ways. They did not lose that like old world mentality, you know, you know, and this xenophobia um, right. of of other people, and and it was, and I was always having to say like you. you you guys can't say that shit you know like <laughs> yeah. it, it's not like it's not okay anymore and and if we were if they were young people it would have been a real a real huge issue you know you couldn't there was nothing you could have played, written it off on you know um, yeah. so i think it, it would have gone both ways probably also you know um, was so-
0: when you play the old uh, the old guy it, was that your real beard or is that a fake beard
1: that was my real beard, and and a lot of the filming of the movie worked backwards from the fact that I refused to wear a fake beard at any point in the movie because yeah. I I just don't think they look good. Like I've seen the most expensive movies, Avengers Endgame doesn't have good fake beards, and they have a billion dollars to make that movie. Like it just never looks spot, right. You can spot a
0: bad <laughs> fake beard right away, and it's too distracting in a movie. So what do you do? Yeah. I don't understand. I'm talking about movie making now. Yeah, When you're playing you as an old guy with a beard and then you're playing your younger self without a beard, do you shoot all of your stuff as a young man uh, first and then grow the beard or do you walk in with the beard? By the way, we did the beard. Yeah, I grew a
1: huge beard leading up to filming and then we filmed all the Herschel stuff. And then literally one day I shaved and... And then the second half of that day, we started filming all the Ben stuff. And then we kind of went... So it's like we kind of filmed the movie and then finished. And then I shaved. And then we went back and filmed it again with the other character, basically. So we would go back and do all the scenes we did. we go back to the same locations on the street. Like They would literally drill holes in the sidewalk to show them where they had put the cameras. And we'd go back to the same places and put the cameras in the same place. And I would recreate the other half of the scene two months later, which was so weird. Does it, but, uh,
0: does it take longer to make a movie like this because you got to first shoot a, uh, your part and the cameras have to be locked down in the same scene, yeah. in the same exact place, or else the whole thing could be fucked up. If they don't get the continuity right, it'll look bizarre. Does it yeah. take a, a way longer in terms of shooting something like this, or is it about the same time?
1: It's about the same, all because it is... Because there's just, like, aside from this technicality, it is not a wildly complicated film, you know what I mean? Like, I think if you didn't know I was playing two roles, you'd be like, oh, it's a very nice, you know, not huge movie that it seems like it just takes place in and around New York. So, like, um, it, it's, like, not the most logistically complicated film aside from the fact that we did that. So, it took the same amount of time as a normal movie, but it was complicated,
0: yeah. And, and when you shoot a movie like that, in other words, because to me, it seems like it's way more complicated because, what, does what somebody stand off camera and read back your line that you're Sometimes. saying to yourself? Or,
1: no, I would, I had a thing in my ear Sometimes they would, I would have a person, this guy Ian actually who was great, who would read the other lines that I was not reading. Sometimes it was easier for me to literally act against nothing because I would, sometimes I would be improvising in my head and I'd be filling in what I was going to say in a month from now <laughs> on, in my head. So I was leaving myself gaps to say what my responses, which only I knew what they were going to be at the time. Um, so there were times I would just be like, you just, just look at me. So I know where to look and then I'm just going to talk and I'm going to imagine what I'll say in a month and then I'll come back and fill that in later. Basically
0: when you're practicing to play a guy with an accent from the old land, you know, and all of that. (laughs) Uh, are you one of these obnoxious guys that walks around all day in character in order to get the accent
1: (laughs) that would have been no not (laughs) at all
0: that
1: would have been truly remarkable
0: but what about when you're on set let's say you're taking a break you have a lunch break i would think that accent is i mean you're you're good at it if i was talking to herschel right now I don't know if you can still do it. I don't know either. (laughs) Could you break into Herschel right now? If I said to you, Herschel, what was it like being alive back in uh, Poland in the 1920s? What would you say to me? It was difficult. You would say it was difficult. It was difficult. It was difficult.
1: It's difficult. almost like what you start to realize is that like what we know as Dracula is like an Eastern European accent also. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, it's you so, could
0: I'm thinking about you
1: that. You were so into Dracula a little bit.
0: <laughs> you were so natural at it when you were doing it. I, I was really expecting you to overact as a as this Polish old Polish Jew. But when you were talking like this, you know, I mean, how I can't do it. But, yeah. but when you were talking like this, I was like, you know, the guy's pulling it off. I mean, if I walked on a set and if someone said to me, you got to play this character, I'd be really worried that I wasn't going to pull it off and I'd look like I a was The head.
1: first day of doing the accent was one of the most scared I've been as an actor, I, I can say. And, like, it was... And it feels silly at first, and the first time on camera that you're doing it, you see everyone there. It, it feels a little ridiculous for me. And when Dale Lewis is doing it, he doesn't feel that way. But for me, it's like a big swing, you know. So I, it, it, and it's, and I've never done that before in a movie. And I've been acting in movies for, you know, almost twenty years. And it's just not something that I have. I've never done it. And so anytime you're doing something that's new and and that I knew had to be good or at least, you know, my, the best I could do, because again, it, it's something that I personally have been so hard on, on other people I know is just like, you know, it, it, yeah, it was, it was nervous. Honestly, it was very scary at first. And then I slowly loosened up and was able to kind of,
0: in other words, on. you yourself have watched films. You're a lover of films and you've watched yes. other actors play somebody with an accent and you sit there with your weed and smoke it and goof on these people, right? Because they're not pulling <laughs> off the accent, right? That's the case. Sometimes. Sometimes it comes and goes.
1: There are debatable accents in films, 100% yes.
0: <laughs> Did you find yourself turning to the director and you got to really trust this guy and do you, you pull him aside and go, Jesus Christ, am I pulling this thing off or am I fucking sounding like a moron being, uh, you know, an old Polish Jew? Uh, I would
1: sometimes I would watch it back myself a lot like i I am very self analytical when it comes to the filmmaking process, and some people like do not like to watch themselves, and I very much am it is helpful for me to watch myself and to see what I do and I could see sometimes like oh i 'm doing too much or too little and um or my physicality is too much like the other character and i'm not being you know rigid enough or something um yeah that was yeah i, I would i would watch myself mostly <laughs> and,
0: and 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 like would you go home uh, you know if, when you're speaking in polish in the movie are you actually are you speaking gibberish or are you speaking real polish i'm speaking
1: yiddish it's yiddish
0: it's yiddish right and yeah. uh d- did you know how to speak yiddish no,
1: I learned like phonetically, like Yiddish lines in the, for the movie. Because Yiddish is a hard language to learn. It there yeah. is. It is very little rhyme or reason to it, as you're as you're saying.
0: It. <laughs> but it seemed pretty legit. I mean, you're talking to your wife in the movie, and you're talking to her in, in Yiddish, and I'm like sitting yeah. there going, "Wow, uh, I think he's really speaking Yiddish." And I was pretty. Impressed I was with speaking
1: you. Yiddish. It was uh, hard. And just off camera, there was a very religious Jewish person, literally just like screaming the lines to me in Yiddish, <laughs> and I would look at my wife meaningfully and repeat them as best I could.
0: <laughs> Were your parents growing up people? who uh spoke in yiddish if they didn't want you to understand what they were talking about because my parents are fluent in it and yeah, uh, but
1: my grandparents did not my parents but my grandparents who i grew up with a lot spoke Yiddish. Yeah, the,
0: yeah 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 you know i i feel like our backgrounds are similar in that uh we were exposed to that we also went to like jewish summer camps which were the, mm-hmm. the highlight of my life i thought they were the i love Jewish summer camp me too. I, I went to like, I was 18 or 19. I was a counselor yeah, and the whole thing. Old, I, just, yeah. Yeah, I was old. I mean, I was too old to be hanging out in a it camp. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just crazy, but it was wonderful. I'm not an overly religious person. I, I'm, I would say that I'm, I'm not, but I, I found great comfort, especially uh, growing up in a community like I did where there weren't a lot of white people around or certainly there were certainly no Jews around to go for six weeks out of the year. To go to a camp uh, where there were kids who were like me, uh, it, it was it was so satisfying, you know. It was so it was so it was so meaningful to me.
1: No, for sure. I think there is a certain safety <laughs> felt when surrounded by other Jews yeah. uh, at times. Um, yeah, and and at summer camp especially. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy when I look back at how. <laughs> Little oversight there was at the Jewish summer camp I
0: went to, mostly <laughs> right. like
1: like you said, you were old to be going there, and you were nineteen. I think like though like it was essentially it was like seventeen year olds watching twelve year olds,
0: which is
1: which is crazy when you think about it. But um, no, it's I crazy. love Jewish summer camp, and, and I still some of my best friends to this day I met at Jewish summer camp.
0: Uh, Me the, too. Uh, I get together sister. with some of the guys. Uh, you know, yeah. my 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 best friend who ended up being my college roommate. I met him at a summer camp. And I, I realized I went off to summer camp when I was like eight years old. And you're right. The counselors, they were more interested in in fucking each other than really oh, watching yes. us. Well, so you, you
1: slowly were... realize Jewish summer camp is just so young Jewish kids will fuck each other. Right. <laughs> it that's, is. That, that's why that's why parents send their kids to Jewish summer camp. So one day they will they're, they're planting the seeds of one day having them uh, have sex with other Jewish people.
0: Well, <laughs> I just remember feeling like all year round I was an outcast. And then yes. for six weeks out of the year, when I went off to this summer camp, suddenly I could get laid. I had a girlfriend. Uh, I was uh, getting high. I uh, was up to trouble. Uh, there was no adult friends. super. I had friends. It was. I suddenly exactly. I was like almost human. You know. Was, are you saying? It, it, are you
1: saying it was easier to be cool at Jewish summer camp? <laughs> yes, in fact. I would I would go there
0: and I could wipe out my history from all year. Yeah, exactly. be you now. were a different person, right? It, it was crazy. So, you know, it, it, it was like the greatest thing ever. My mother would threaten me, and she would go, you know, if you don't uh, do well at school this year, you're not going to summer camp. And I I would like sober up like that and, and pay attention. You know, you didn't fuck around with that.
1: No, yeah, it's yeah. I love it. Yeah, it was a lot of wonderful memories from Jewish summer camp to this. Yeah, that's day. right. And yeah. Of, well, <laughs> I think a, a lot, lot of Jew- very generous Jewish women at summer camp.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Can you believe it? It's just too no. much. It, it, it really is. So, you know, by the way, I've got to congratulate you. I saw that there. I was talking to Jimmy Kimmel. He's telling me he's going to be hosting the Emmys this year. And I went, How are they having the fucking Emmys? Like, how are they, like, like in September? And by the way, my thought is if, if they just didn't have the Emmys, I don't think anyone would know the difference. I mean, what's no.
1: They <laughs> seem like I... they're always having the Emmys. It seems like they're always on. And I never <laughs> on, I'm yeah. confused by what shows are nominated. Like, it seems like it's like it's like Game of Thrones nominated again. Like, they ship <laughs> nominated from like, I was on like six years ago. Like, it's like, it, I, I am so confused by the in general there but yeah they're 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 marching onwards thank god
0: <laughs> but that tv series that you produced and i've complimented you on this before it's the uh it's called uh the boys or boys yeah, i the watched boys, yeah.
1: the boys oh
0: yeah it is so fucking great it's superheroes who now um basically form a business and they're yeah. if, 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 and they're what, not what is that great yeah and they're not that great they're kind of scumbags uh, it's yeah. on, is it on Amazon? I think it's on Amazon uh, Prime. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that was emanated, uh, nominated for an Emmy. Um, it was nominated for
1: like a sound editing Emmy, I believe.
0: <laughs> yeah, but but it should have been nominated for more than just uh that i thought that was i i agree with that yeah yeah <laughs> maybe next year the
1: problem is there's 200 billion shows on television and like i there are shows that are nominated for emmys that i've literally never heard of and so like it it, it is i know it's not surprising to me when when things fall through the cracks um you know, uh, there's just so much out there, but luckily, like, again, like awards are not something I've ever grown to expect. Luckily my career, I, they have, we have not crossed paths that often me in awards. And so when I don't get nominated for them, it's not incredibly disappointing,
0: but that show you did on Showtime, uh, black Monday, uh, Don Cheadle, yeah, nominated. Yeah, yes, been so nominated ma-
1: for the second time, which is great. Um, yeah, no, it's really.
0: Nice. Uh, yeah, so that's nice that you're you able to do that. But you're right. I, you know, I look at this category of, of shows. Most of the shows nominated, in fact, all of the shows in the comedy category, I don't like. I don't even know what Dead to Me is. Shits mm-hmm. Creek. I don't. I don't watch. Do you watch? Schitt's any Creek stuff? is funny. I,
1: I try to watch. Sch- Fitzcreek creek is funny and it's a canadian show and it's like uh, the fact that a canadian tv show has broken through in america is truly un- r- r- unprecedented <laughs> it, it is it is absolutely remarkable and i i, I could not be happier for for, for those people and Catherine O'Hara is on she's the funniest person on earth as someone who grew levy, up in
0: canada yeah. and eugene yeah. levy as someone who grew up in yeah. canada Is that like a big deal to Canadians? Because I remember I was on Canadian radio for all of one day because they threw me off. But but I I remember like, you know, oh, we got to have Canadian content. So they play like a lot of Joni Mitchell or something because she was probably... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but, but so, like, as a Canadian, do you sit there and go with pride, finally, shits, creek? We finally produce something <laughs> worthy of a, an Emmy? I mean,
1: I actually do. Uh, yes, I definitely do. I think, as, and, 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 and I'm part of the problem because I'm a Canadian person who left Canada to produce American content, you know, uh, <laughs> to make things in America. So the fact that Dan and Eugene Levy, who, you know, could have made that show anywhere, made it out of Canada and it's a Canadian show uh, is is wonderful and it's not something I did so I'm happy that they did it um, because also in general like growing up you would watch a lot of Canadian television as a Canadian and the feeling in generally was like i wish it was better canadians are funny why are our tv shows not as funny yes they seem right. like maybe they could be
0: yeah <laughs> like why canada is such a progressive place and it's like you know and and certainly uh you know you would think in terms of entertainment there would be canadians who could make quality entertainment i wonder what no, they um, sure. it's, but it's like i guess a second city mentality like uh, the, the canadians just never kind
1: of or they uh, would come to america do their show? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. pirate
0: them. <laughs> Did you ever yeah, exactly. become? Are you an American or are you still c- technically a Canadian?
1: I'm a dual citizen. My
0: dad is from uh, Newark, so I am. Uh-huh. Uh, a dual
1: is that guy. in <laughs> the USA?
0: Yeah, I think you you're yes.
1: <laughs> you know, still I, part of America. <laughs> with this
0: uh Shits Creek, I'm kinda like, I don't think I wanna I don't watch it because of the name. Like I don't want to be manipulated. I'm oh like, oh wow, you're saying shit on your title. And I and I think i not a-
1: I'd say the the title makes the show seem like it is not as like it is maybe like intellectually not as good as i as it is. Like it's a very, very funny I, I thought that and especially the Canadian part of me was like, oh, is it like you know, is that is that what I could be expecting from this show? But um <laughs> it it really is like a truly hilarious, wonderful show and the performances are great. And again, I cannot emphasize enough everyone's funny on it, but Catherine O'Hara is like Truly doing so every I watch the show and I'm just like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, it is a wild performance. It is like a wildly funny comedic performance. I will
0: watch it based on your, uh, yes. assessment of it because I do love Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy. I mean, God, that's oh, so funny. SCTV
1: yeah.
0: was the greatest, was it not?
1: Oh, I loved it. Yeah. My parents loved that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and that was a Canadian, you know, that, that did it. That was like probably one of the first, you know, things as a kid where I was like, Oh, like there's a great Canadian comedy tradition here that, and it was very inspiring, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, the other one was Mrs. Mizell. I can't watch that. I don't know. I try. Mrs. I've watched that. Fabulous, The fabulous, Miss- the marvelous yeah. Miss Maisel. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. And that wins like, uh, 87 nom, uh, it only gets 87 nominations a year. It also wins every single Emmy. And I'm like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. The What's first time
1: going? I had heard of that show was when it was winning a Golden Globe. Which yeah. Right. you're yeah. made to find out a show exists. But, um, yeah, no, I haven't watched that show either.
0: Yeah, yeah, but hey, uh, anyway, good luck for the uh, the Don Thank Cheadle, and, uh, and I really do I think, think the boys should have gotten uh, something like that, some kind of... Thank you. Yeah, seasons season two
1: and three are coming of the boys, so they keep... Oh, good. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, that's cool. Hey, by the way, yeah. I haven't even... I, I should mention for anybody listening to this that Seth stars in an American pickle. That's what it's called, American Pickle. Yes. It America premieres difficult. August 6th on HBO Max because everything Seth puts out is supposed to be in theaters, and then something fucking bad happens From to the world. he misses. He aims for the <laughs> yeah. theater, and then he misses. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's just unbelievable. But you are doing very well. I'm very, very happy about uh, about your success. I always uh, think you. of you fondly, and i I have to tell you when you were when we were out in L A. This is the last time I saw you, that was such a great show where you. That was and, so and, fun. Oh my god! When it was you and Snoop Dogg talking about yeah. pot, and I, I don't know what about like a, you know, I, I still think you're you're. First of all, I admire your honesty about pot. Number two, uh, you know, like even like Pineapple Express, would there ever be a Pineapple Express too? Maybe. We tried to make one, and thanks to the Sony hack, you could
1: actually, like, find the email when Sony decided to kill the movie and not make it. <laughs> so it was it was something we were very open to uh, several years ago, but Sony was not that interested in it. Uh, mm. So, yeah.
0: Because I, I still find drug humor, weed humor, yeah. getting high humor, Some of my favorite humor. I love it. I love when people are fucked up in movies, and it's just stupidity after stupidity. And I feel (laughs) like people are afraid to make those movies. Uh, Not you. No. Uh, But people are afraid (laughs) to make those movies for a variety of reasons. I think it has to do with they're afraid to look stupid.
1: Probably. Luckily, that's not a fear I have. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. um yeah it's interesting i think people uh yeah it's a it's a tough genre i will say also like when we made pineapple express like there was not a lot of great weed movies you know what i mean like and 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 as we would tell people we were making a weed action movie they looked at us like we were fucking so stupid and crazy (laughs) for the the, you know it took four or five years to write that movie and every time they'd be like what are you working on oh it's like a weed action movie they'd be like I wouldn't do that. Um, so I, which is a similar reaction that we got when we said we are making a movie about a guy who got pickled for a hundred years. So in general, I think we're, we're used to ideas that seem, you know, I grew up doing a lot of hallucinogens. So I think my, my, my concept of, you know, uh, <laughs> what is within the realms of possibility is maybe slightly different than other people. And I think that's why some of these more abstract ideas are very appealing to me because the, the idea of making these things that seem kind of impossible, very digestible to a lot of people is, is like a very appealing concept to me, you know,
0: Seth, I still go back and watch the old Cheech and Chong movies because yeah. I still think there's some of the best fucking movies when Cheech and Chong are just doing these <laughs> yeah. scenes and they're smoke, you know, and they're like, all of a sudden uh, Cheech finds out that Chong's joint is just dog shit that was rolled up into it, and they're getting off on it. (laughs) I mean, I still, like, it it just, the the premise of it is so great, and it's just pure stupidity. And I do I
1: agree. Wolf of Wall Street was a great drug movie recently, I thought. That was like a movie that, like, unabashedly was, like, diving into drug humor, which uh, was, uh, yeah, I mean, it happens sometimes. There are good benchmarks for it. Half-Baked is one that, as a kid, I watched... A ton. Um, And uh, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, we love them. And people people like, mostly I think people like it because it makes them feel like they're not weirdos for smoking weed. Like that, I think, is one of the biggest things is like when I was a kid who smoked weed and people didn't talk about it that much. And I was made to feel very stupid and like a failure for smoking weed. I would watch movies that were made by people who smoked weed for people who smoked weed. Clearly these people were functional enough to create a film and to have a job and, and they were proud enough to talk about it and make a film about it. And it was very comforting to me, you know, and it made me think like I wasn't weird for needing to wanting to, whatever it is just for smoking weed all day, you know?
0: Yeah. Because even a character like Spicoli in fast times at Ridgemont high, Spicoli was like just a stoner. And uh, to me, when I think, I don't remember much about Fast Times at Richmond High. I just remember Spicoli walking into that guy who played my favorite Martian standing there, yeah. the teacher and like Spicoli calling him, you know, you dick. And it's yeah. like, it's like, it was so, and, and I remember Spicoli rolling out of his van because yeah. they, they, there was just this blast of smoke. And I remember, I don't remember anything else about the movie. You know, I mean, honestly.